Hello everybody. I would like to read you a story. A pair of silk stockings by Kate Chopin. Little Miss Summers one day found herself the unexpected possessor of fifteen dollars. It seemed to her a very large amount of money, and the way in which it stuffed and bulged her worn old portmanteau gave her a feeling of importance such as she had not enjoyed for years. The question of investment was one that occupied her greatly. For a day or two, she walked about apparently in a dreamy state, but really absorbed in speculation and calculation. She could not distract her to do anything she might afterwards regret, but it was during the still hours of the night when she lay awake revolving plans in her mind that she seemed to see her way clearly towards a proper and judicious use of the money. A dollar or two should be added to the price she usually paid for Jane's shoes, which would ensure their lasting an appreciable time longer than they usually did. She would buy sewing for her many yards of hair for new shirt waist for the boys and Jane and Mark. She had intended to make the old ones big and skillful patches. Mark should have another pair. She had seen some beautiful patterns, veritable gardens in the shop windows, and still there would be left enough for new patterns, two pairs apiece. Oh, what girls I could sell it for one. She would get caps for the boys and sailor hats for the girls. The vision of her little dreams looking fresh and dainty and new for once in their lives excited her and made her restless and wakeful with anticipation. The men sometimes talked of certain happy days that little Mrs. Summers had known before she had ever thought of being happy Summers. She herself indulged in no such nervy retrospection. She had no pains, no second of time to devote to the past. The needs of the gaunt of the present absorbed her every faculty. A vision of the future, like some dim, gaunt monster, sometimes appalled her, but luckily, no one ever came. Mrs. Summers was one who knew the value of housing. She could stand for hours making her way inch by inch towards the desired object that was selling below cost. She could elbow her way through things. She had learned to clutch a piece of goods and hold it and stick to it with persistence and determination till her turn came to be served, no matter when it came. But that day, she was a little faint and tired. She had swallowed a light luncheon. Oh, no, no. When she came to think of it, between getting the children fed and the place righted and preparing herself for the shopping bag, she had actually forgotten to eat any luncheon at all. She sat herself upon a revolving stool before a counter that was comparatively deserted, trying to gather strength and courage to charge through an eager multitude that was besieging breastworks of shirting and figured lords. An all-gone lump feeling had come over her, and she rested her hand aimlessly upon the counter. She wore no gloves. By degrees she grew aware that her hand had encountered something very soothing very pleasing to touch. She looked down to see that her hand lay upon a pile of stuff A placard nearby announced that they had been reduced in price from two dollars and fifty cents 
Rwanda and Nigeria. And a young girl who stood behind the counter asked her if she wished to examine the line of silk ponchos. She smiled, just as if she had been asked to inspect the tiara of diamonds with the estimate you would purchase in them. But she went on feeling the soft, sheeny, luxurious things with both hands down, holding them up to see them glisten and to feel them glide, serpent like, through her fingers. She was kept six boxes and surveyed with a pair of cheeks. She looked up at the girl. Do you think there are any eggs of the hearts among these? There were any number of eight in her. In fact, there were more of that size than any other. Here was a light blue colour, there was some lavender, some more black and various shades of tan and grey. Mrs. Summers selected a black pair and looked at them very long and closely. She pretended to be examining them with her spectacles, which the press assured her was excellent. A dollar and ninety-eight cents. She mused aloud. Well, I'll take this pair. She handed the girl a five-dollar bill and waited for her change and for her parcel. What a very small parcel it was. It seemed lost in the depths of her shabby old cotton bag. Mrs. Summers after that did not move in the direction of the garden station. She took the elevator, which carried her to an upper floor into the region of the ladies' waiting rooms. Here, in a retired corner, she exchanged her cotton stockings for the new silk ones which she had just bought. She was not going through any acute mental process or hinging this time, nor was she striving to explain to her satisfaction the motive of her action. She was not thinking at all. She seemed for the time to be taking direct from that laborious and fatiguing person and to have abandoned herself to some mechanical impulse that directed her actions and freed her of responsibility. How good was the touch of the warm silk to her flesh? She felt like lying back in the cushioned chair and revelling for a while in the luxury of it. She moved for a little while. Then she replaced her shoes, rolled the cotton stockings together and thrust them into her bag. After doing this, she crossed straight over to the shoe department and took her seat at the foot. She was just a girl. The clerk did not move forward. He could not reconcile her shoes with her stockings, and she was not too easily pleased. She held back her skirt and turned her feet one way and another, another way as she glanced down at the price pointed sixpence. Her foot and ankle looked very pretty. She could not reconcile that they belonged to her and were a part of herself. She wanted an excellent and stylish foot. She told the young fellow who served her, and she did not mind the distance of a dollar or two more in the price the longer she got what she desired. It's a long time since Mrs. Summers had been fitted with gloves. On rare occasions when she had bought her, they were always very good, so cheap that it would have been preposterous and unreasonable to have expected them to be fitted to the hand. However, she rested her elbow on the cushion of the glove box and fitted her hunting feet, delicate and soft as touch, through a long, wisted kiss over Mrs. Summer's hand. She smoothed the tie over the wrist and buttoned it neatly. 
and faith, love sometimes, or suffering or pain, with admiring contemplation of the little symmetrical gift hands. And at every place of them in my country. There were books and magazines piled up in the window of a pool a few paces from the street. This is where I bought two handheld magazines, such as she had been accustomed to wear in the days when she had been accustomed to other present things. She carried them without wrapping. As long as she did, she lifted her skirts at the top of them. Her stockings and boots and well-fitting gloves had worked marvels in her diary, had given her the feeling of assurance. The fate of the lady to desire her snooty things. She was very hungry. Another time, she would have filled the cravings for food until reaching her own home, where she would have brewed herself a cup of tea and taken a snack of anything that was available. But the impulse that was guiding her would not suffer her to entertain any such thoughts. There was a restaurant at the corner. She had never entered that school. From the outside, she had sometimes caught glimpses of spotless damask and shiny crystal, and soft stockinged waiters serving people of fashion. When she entered the pool, it created no surprise, no consternation as she had half thought it might. She seated herself at a small table alone, and an attentive waiter at once approached to take her order. 